All right, everyone, welcome to episode four of what is this show called? My Pleasure. And my pleasure truly is tonight recording in my parents' basement. Um, we're coming to you live from a pit stop made in Chicago. I was in Austin, Texas this weekend to do stand-up. Honestly, it was really life-affirming. I, I loved it there so much. And um, I guess I was just feeling the high and the mania of being a performer. And I was like, you know what? I'm so close to Skokie, Illinois. It's only a two-hour flight. So I'm going to go there. So I changed my flight, flew here, was like, I'll have a couple meals with my family have a couple walks, um, or, you know, if there's a dog in the room, W's, because we don't want to get anybody too excited. And here we are. And also, it's my sister's birthday. Happy birthday. We have a special shout out. And um, actually, the top five-ish tonight is related to my sister, because it's her birthday. So is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. All right, just kidding. So let's get right in. Um, I have, I'm going to start off with my segments again this week. So obviously, first and foremost, anti-sadness. Honestly, my anti-sadness this week is just going to piss off my parents and I'm going to have to literally face them in an hour when this is done because they're upstairs. But my anti-sadness this week is using my weed vape. <laughs> And it doesn't mean that I'm a drug addict and it doesn't mean that it's all I do, that I have a problem, that I do it all the time. No, it just means that like, you know, there's a lot going on. Like, okay, I'm stuttering because I'm getting nervous. No, I usually am very strict about my THC usage and I really only do it at night after like everything in my day has been done. However, I did shows in Austin this weekend and I did kind of take little hits of the weed vape in between the shows because, you know, you're doing a two-show night and then you come off stage, you're so amped up, but you just have to like sit and chill for two hours. So, I just needed something to like kind of you know, relax me. And I kind of feel like that's my anti-sadness because I'm actually, it's the spirit of that action that is my anti-sadness, which means like, it's the fact that I'm doing something to help myself feel better. I'm not shameless, but I'm going to pretend I'm shameless. And I'm also like, it's really weird because I Ever since I started doing weed, like, obviously, it's been completely legal in California for even a long time, and so it's weird to go to other states where I'm like, I'm, I'm actually, am I breaking the law? Like, I don't, I don't know. I should probably Google that, um, and for legal reasons, this is a joke. Okay, so taste of the week this week is, it's a, this is a real TBT, this is a throwback moment, and I'm very anti-throwback moments. Like, on Instagram, you know, I don't like to be like, throwback Thursday, here was me six years ago. Like, I like to keep my online experience for others, like, positive and forward-moving. That doesn't mean that I'm never going to do that, but I'm just letting you know, like, 
that's not really what I'm about. Um, by the way, whenever I say I'm not going to do something, it's a sure, that's like the easiest way to know that it's something I'm going to do very soon. Cause now the idea is in my head and I'm like, well, I said I never do that. And so I can't. And then I can't stop thinking about it. And then I do it. So don't ever obviously take me seriously, but okay. My taste of the week is they're actually called think bars, but they used to be called think thin bars. And I saw them today at Whole Foods. It's this protein bar that like they're gluten-free. They have like 20 grams of protein, but I'm not a protein bar person. Like, no, that I don't I try to avoid them, honestly. Like, I think everyone kind of does. You only eat them if you're traveling or, you know, an emergency, whatever. But I saw them today at Whole Foods and it really took me down memory lane. First of all, I'm like, how different is the world that, you know, 10 years ago when I ate these bars, they were called Think Thin and nobody gave a shit. And now it's like, that's like politically incorrect, maybe. I don't know. But so... I didn't mind the name Think Thin, but now that I look back, I'm like, oh, was that subconsciously telling me that I need to be thin and if I eat these bars, I'll be thin and it's bad if I'm not thin? Like all of these things subconsciously affect us, maybe kind of, sort of. Well, so why am I talking for 10 minutes about these protein bars? Because when I was a babysitter, when I first moved to LA, I remember one of the women that I babysat for who was one of the like fabulous Beverly Hills, you know, badass working woman, but also mom, like she had a case of these thing thin bars and they were always there stocked up. So obviously, you know me, like my best, the best part of being a babysitter is your access to everything in the kitchen. And when I'm babysitting for a wealthy family in Beverly Hills, like I'm not being shy. I'm, I'm taking what's rightfully mine as the babysitter. So I got super hooked on these thin thin bars and like to the point where I was buying them by the case at Whole Foods. Cause as you know, if you're an OG Whole Foods girl, um, you get the case discount, okay? That Do you know this? I don't know since Amazon bought it, like, what's different, but, like, if you like something at Whole Foods and you want to buy the whole case, they will sell it to you and they'll give you 10% off. I should be a salesman. I'm not. I guess in a way, I, I don't know what I am, but I have not bought something in a case from Whole Foods probably since I was a babysitter. Um, Anyways, these Think Thin bars, they really remind me of this time in my life when I was babysitting and when I would wake, when I would have to wake up early when I was in my early 20s, when I was living, um, you know, in various different apartment situations, sharing with another person, whatever, like I would waking up early was so hard and so painful because I was still kind of like a basically a, a college kid, right? Because I was like 21, 22 and living as an adult, definitely put that in quotation marks, but like on my own, just living a slob's life. Like I look back now on how I lived then and, and I'm like slowly learning that it was it was a problem. 
like nights where I slept on the floor and I could have gotten a mattress, but I was like, I'll take my time. I don't, you know, anyway, but the thing thin bars, I would literally, if I had like to wake up early for something, whether shooting a commercial or, you know, whatever it was, the rare occasions I had to wake up early when I was in my early days of stand up and babysitting, I, the alarm would go off in my twin size bed, like up against the wall. So in between me and the wall was a little case of think thin bars. It was still dark outside. I would reach into my case and I would eat a think thin bar in bed in the dark, like eyes still fully crusted closed. And I have to assume that's like the vibes of oh, don't talk to me till I've had my coffee. Like, that's what I treated these protein bars. Like, it kind of makes me feel really gross now. But then I'm also like, there might be people listening to this who are like, Esther, I do that. It's really not a big deal. So I'm just putting that out there. Anyways, I think I'm like at the right level distance removed from that era of my life that I'm like, oh, that's nostalgic. I want to have a think thin bar and feel how I felt when I was living in shambles. So that should make everyone feel really great about, about everything, I think. Um, okay. Oh, and the, I think the flavor was creamy peanut butter, but I'm not sure because they fucking changed the packaging and I'm so not used to the new packaging and the new names. So I think it's that one, but I'll let you know for sure on Instagram. Okay. Crush of the week. Max Lugavir. If you don't know who that is, he hosts a health podcast that I have been listening to a lot this summer. And he, I chose him this week because he just gave a really great interview on Joe Rogan. And I think it's worth checking out if that's your thing. But I want to give him a special shout out because he kind of has been the big face, like kind of the big person on uncovering this big scandal in Alzheimer's research. I know that seems very random, but like when I was in college, I was all, I was all college kitty and I was like, the pharmaceutical industry is bad. I mean, now, now everyone is just like that because it's gone way too far. But, you know, in college, I was like, thought it was so cool that I knew that the pharmaceutical industry was bad and, you know, everyone else loved Obama, but I was like, he's taking money from the wrong people. I don't know about this. Anyway, don't even, I'm so unqualified to even speak a sentence further on that topic. But um, this guy, Max Lugavir, has basically pointed out this major flaw in Alzheimer's research and like how essentially like they've been scamming everyone giving these drugs that have like no efficacy it's like a 0.1 percent like something that just makes no sense and is clearly like a scam anyway i really like listening to him because i feel like he is the right intersection of like journalist uncovering truths and then also like health advice like how to be hot you know so he's really a big advocate for Honestly, he does sometimes get a little too crazy about advocating against veganism, and I don't love that. Now, I was vegan for four years. My parents are vegans. Like, 
I'm very friendly to the vegan lifestyle and I have nothing negative to say about it. But I do like what he says. He says a lot. He has a lot of positive things to say about like eggs and, you know, um, dark leafy greens. I know this is just becoming me regurgitating the things I'm interested in, but that's what the segments are for, I think. So Max Lugavere, crush of the week. Check him out on Rogan or his podcast if any of the things I said seem interesting to you. And then let's get to hot girl homework. My hot girl homework is for myself. I need to eat like a hot girl when I'm on the road. And it's really not easy. Um, we did good in Austin because I was with Carlos and, you know, he's kind of a healthy guy. But this weekend, I'm going to Colorado to do shows uh, opening for Mark Marin, which is kind of like this side gig that I do, you know, here and there, whenever the dates align, I go on the road with him. And I have to say going on the road with Marin is like, it's his relationship with food is a big part of what it's going to be like when we travel together because we're both kind of like really particular over food and weird and in that area and I like I never know which mark it's going to be like because one of the times we've gone out he's like ready to just go crazy and like order a bunch of food and uh go for ice cream at like 1 p.m where I'm just like what this is crazy and then other times I'll go with him and he's like, all I'm eating is nuts. Like he, and he's just like really strict. Like he can do these really strict no sugar diets. And that almost works better for me because then I'm just like on my own. But anyways, my hot girl homework, which I hope, you know, maybe you'll take this with you if you want it as well. I need to figure out how to eat healthy when I'm traveling because you guys, it's so much easier when you're at home. By the way, it's still not even easy when you're at home. Um, but like you're, you could get your systems down, your routines. I've been making my overnight oats and this and that, making sure I eat breakfast, which is a really important part of me being healthy for the last 10 days. No, last month. Um, so yeah, hot girl homework, eat healthy on the road while traveling. Not that easy, but we're going to Colorado, so I'm sure there's lots of healthy food. Okay, top five, which is actually a four this week, but this is the top five-ish ways having an older sister has affected me. I, I came up with four, and I... It's very specific because my older sister is eight years older than me. So this is not like your classic family sibling situation, you know, where it's like you guys are close in age and you're equal. No. Okay. So the first way is that I, because of my sister's influence, never tried drugs or alcohol. Now, there's a lot of things that you can kind of trace back and attribute that decision to. If, when you're retracing all the steps of my life, as I expect you all to be doing um, every morning when you wake up. But I I think my sister really scared me off from that. And I don't know if she was trying to, for what reason. Yeah, She 
always did a really good job at scaring me, period. And sometimes the scaring me was good. Sometimes it was bad, you know, like when she put a blindfold on me and put something in my mouth and told me it was a human eyeball. That was scary for bad. It was a frozen grape. I'm fine. But that was a bad scary. When you're a little kid, like, that's scary. And, you know, the time we were taking off on a plane to go on a family vacation and right as we're taking off, she looks over to me and says, you know, sometimes when planes take off, they explode. That was not a great kind of scare. But when she said things like, if you try drugs, they could literally kill you in an instant. That was a good kind of scare. It, it, I at least waited until marijuana was legal and I was 34 years old before I tried it. So I think that was a positive uh, effect that she had. And you know what is really actually so sad and so true is that today you could try any drug once and it could kill you. Like that advice is actually more true today, I think, than it was then because of fentanyl, which is horrible. Stay safe. Don't do drugs unless they're legal, I think. So, number two of ways having a really older sister affected me was I always want to be included in what any cool girls are doing. And that is because my sister was way older, way cooler, always had stuff going on, social friends, all this stuff, and I was never allowed to be involved in it. And I was oftentimes literally not allowed to step foot in her room. And so that has created this like never-ending hole, I think, of like me being desperate to be accepted by cooler older girls. And I think a part of that could maybe be attributed to like, you know, going to dance class and having there being, I think everyone to a certain extent wants to be accepted by the cooler older kids. But I feel like having that sister in the house with me and literally not being allowed in her room has made that a very, like, it's just made it a very clear issue. Not issue. You get what I'm saying. I'm rambling now, but okay. Number three is, oh my God. Okay. She kind of, I would say could be a reason why it's very natural for me to act gross around boys because my sister would have guys over that she was maybe dating or, you know, maybe they were into her, whatever. And for whatever reason, my natural instinct was to be gross. I think what that really means is to be funny, you know? Like, when you're the dorky younger sister and there's, like, a cute guy here and you know he's here because he's into her and you're like eight years younger so it's just weird like that's just you know where my head went was like okay I guess I'm gonna fart on this boy or whatever crazy things I did when I was a child so don't judge me but yeah and then the last thing on my list of ways my sister affected me is I think that I have be- I, they, 
my sister, my parents, whatever, this family unit has made me a younger sibling for life. Like, and I think that comes with being so much younger than everyone else, obviously younger than your parents, but then when your sister is already kind of like grown when you start arriving into the picture, it's like you will really feel that you are different from everyone else in the house. You're the youngest one. And so I think that just has made my identity always feeling like the youngest one. And I've noticed that I tend to be friends with people who are older than me. That stopped kind of in the last few years. Like, I have a lot of friends who are younger than me now, too, but I think my natural inclination is a friendship with someone who's older. You know, I mean, I think take, like, Whitney Cummings, the perfect example of someone who I seek out this, like, big sister, little sister dynamic with. So, and so, yeah. Those are the segments. I feel slightly humiliated by what I shared, so that's probably a good sign. I hope it is. Um, so today, um, like I said, we're in Skokie, and uh, before we recorded this, I went on a walk with my parents. We went over to my elementary school, and I, I love touching base with my elementary school. I really do. There's something about that. I really like coming here and just being reminded of everything that came before my adult life. It's, it feels good for me. I went up to the school. I looked inside. I saw the picture days coming up. It was very exciting. Good vibes. I, I wish I had more to say, but, um, I'm a little, disheveled this week because I my parents are upstairs and it just feels a little too weird um okay I'm looking at my topics here what do we have okay let's see (sighs) this one you know I hate this topic because it's so makes me face growth And I really hate growing. I hate when characters grow. That is actually a common theme in my writing, which you might not be familiar with yet because I haven't written that many things that have gotten made, but, um, or that I've, you know, put out in the world. But a really big theme for me in my work up until current times is that I really don't like seeing characters grow. And I think that inspiration comes from shows like Seinfeld, you know. I loved the series finale of Seinfeld where you kind of see that none of the characters have changed or they're all the same. And that's not something that I really ever thought about until I started working in TV and, and paying attention and, you know, writing. But that was a really big part of the show Alone Together. It was really important to me, honestly, that the characters of Benji and Esther really never showed growth. And that's something that comes up a lot in, like, developing shows and movies and stuff like, well, where's the character growing? Go, You know, how are they growing? You know, how are they different at the end of the movie than they were at the beginning of the movie? And, you know, for me... I really like the answer to that question to be kind of nothing or really something small and 
insignificant because overall, I don't think people change that much. And I think it's sort of absurd. I'm going to say absurd to think that like in a 90 minute movie, a character is going to become this new, better version of themselves. So I don't like that. It's like too fake to me. And I'm not saying I don't like see, I don't like other works of TV and film if they have that, if their characters grow. I'm just saying it's not my taste. That's not what I like to make. Again, don't take my word for it. I may change my mind after we hang up tonight, but, or today or wherever you are listening. But all of that is to say that I have realized that some people are wrong about me, right? I had this this whole thing on TikTok where people were mad about me for a video I made. I'm not even going to get into it because it's just people demanding me to apologize for something I said in a video that's a joke. I I mean, I almost posted a video response back to them demanding they apologize to me for being too stupid to understand my comedy, but I... I need to just keep moving forward. Um, but because of that experience of like all these probably teenagers trying to quote unquote cancel me on TikTok, I think to myself, wow, some people are wrong about me, right? Like some people for sure are wrong in what they think about me. And it doesn't stop there. It's actually so annoying because once I realize that, I have to face that there may be people that I've made up my mind about and that I'm probably wrong. And I cannot tell you how much I dislike that fact because I love my opinions. I really love my opinions. Like when I have an opinion and it's about someone else and maybe it's negative, I love that. Like that is, I believe in myself and I believe in my, um, my judgment. I do. I think whether it's a gut feeling or based in like hard facts or something I've been told about someone like I really believe what I believe but I'm now looking at a hard fact which is that I know people can be wrong about me and that only means that I'm wrong about other people and I have no specific people in my mind who I like I think if I had to think of one it would be like you know someone who has been canceled due to like allegation type stuff and then I hear these things and I go oh fuck that person I'm no I'm never doing business with them again I'm never answering their call again but then I'm like is that right I I guess I just have to trust my gut but also knowing that, like, I have no idea. And, you know, that's something that Dave always has said to me 
through our years together, you know, if I'm like, oh, I wonder what so-and-so is thinking about this and that. Dave is always like, you have no idea what's going on in someone else's head. And it's actually crazy to try and think that you do know. I think Dave is like, that has a point, you know, I think that's super right and very, has been very useful and very helpful to me in the last like 10 years since I've known him. But I also think on the flip side of that, everyone is the same. Like, I just go back to this like old Kanye tweet. It was like, no one is better than anyone. Or like, yeah, that's basically it. It's like, I'm, I just, I think I've said this on this podcast already before, but it's like, I'm not better than anyone else. No one else is better than me. And to me, that sort of lends itself more towards the idea of like, well, I probably can tell a little bit about what a person's thinking, but realistically, Dave is more right because you don't know what someone's day was like. You don't know what, how they were raised. You don't know what they're thinking about that they have going on later. Like, you just don't know what people's problems are. So it's a really bad idea to try and think you know. And I'm adding to that, that like, we might be wrong about some people. I'm not ready to say I'm, I am wrong, but I'm ready to say I might be. That is a big step forward. Um, okay. I did have the thought today that I wish squirrels lived indoor outdoor. I really wish that the way that spiders just fucking go in and out the house as they please, that they show up in my bedroom, that they have the nerve to do that. I wish that we had a similar relationship with squirrels because they're so cute and there's so many of them here in the Midwest. And I'm just like, I think life would be better if, you know, I'm sitting in the basement and two squirrels walk by and they come in and out as they please. I just think that would make things a little bit more fun and more magical. And that's the kind of world I wish we lived in. I don't know about you. Um, And then my dad proceeded to tell me a story about a time there was a squirrel in the house. And it actually sounded kind of scary, but, oh, well... One fall vibe in, well, this is more like my 2022 vibe and it's not something I should be preaching about because it's not good for you, but I have decided that I'm not washing my face every night and sometimes I go to bed with makeup on and since I've been doing this, I've noticed some some acne, you know, but I have room, I have room for that in my life. There was a moment on TikTok this summer when people were like, well, how does your makeup know that you're sleeping? Like, you can just sleep in your makeup. If it's okay to wear makeup during the day, why isn't it okay to wear it at night? That argument isn't mine. I I think it's cute. I like it. It's worth mentioning. It's not my story today because obviously, obviously your makeup knows that you're sleeping. No, I'm just kidding. I, I get that you should go to sleep without makeup on. Of course. But also, I don't think it's as big of a deal as 
it's been marketed to us as. Like, I think if if marketing geniuses out there, whoever it is that does that, if they get the message into our heads that we absolutely cannot go to bed with our makeup on or the world will fall apart and we will never wake up because we'll die of acne in our sleep or something, like... I think that's really good for capitalism, you know? And in fact, I wasn't even thinking this, but my dad always kind of like roasts my mom about the fact that she has face soap. He's like, that is so stupid. He's like, face soap, all soap is the same, which I don't really agree with, but I do think it's like a funny idea that it is silly that we have face soap and hand soap. But I don't know if he's right or if I'm just appropriately brainwashed by whoever brainwashed me to believe that we need different soaps for different parts of our body. Um, I am not washing my face every night. I don't think I need to. I think it's actually so... Oh my God, I'm I'm about to say something really embarrassing. I think it's so rock and roll (laughs) it's really hard to say that out loud and know that people are hearing it as I say it I fuck it I think it is rock and roll as hell to go to bed without washing your face and even more rock and roll is the feeling you get when you wake up the next morning and you still have makeup on. And I love to be lazy, and I love to start with a little bit of a base on my face. So I wake up, I maybe, you know, wipe my face off with some face oil or a serum or just like a wet washcloth, but then I kind of work with what's going on on my eyes already. Now, I know I'm going to get I hope I do. I hope if you're listening to this and you have a strong opinion, I want to hear it. Like, I want you to message me and tell me what you think and tell me that I'm crazy. That's fine. Like, I'm open to being completely wrong, but this is just the zone that I'm in. And I don't know if it's like, I'm what, I don't know what this era of my life is really about, but it's definitely different. And it's definitely a girl who doesn't always wash her face. So yeah, that's the new era. I guess because we're talking about skincare and makeup already, uh, this is a good time to tell you guys the two makeup trends that I am committing to for the rest of the year. And probably a lot longer, but I tried several makeup trends this summer because, you know, I've been spending time on TikTok and I'm really kind of like seeing what's out there. And also when I hang with my fashion friends, I learn from them. But there's two really important makeup trends that I'm just like fully committed to. Okay. The first one is the most important one. And that is using blush to make you look like you have a sunburn. I I know that that sounds maybe psychotic. Maybe you get it right away. But I've been wearing my blush like that. I actually do it with blush or bronzer, but I put it like basically 
almost like right underneath my under eye. Like I almost take the the brush and I brush it like across my face. Like if I was to draw a line across my face, like and cross through my nose, if that makes sense. Like you're just basically, okay, sorry, I'm explaining this really bad. You know where your concealer would go under your eye? The blush goes under that. And I've noticed it just makes me look and feel the way I did when I would get a little too much sun when I was younger before I knew that I need to just need to stay out of the sun. So it's like this. And if you look it up, you'll probably find a way better explanation. But the like sunburned blush look, sometimes I use blush, sometimes I use bronzer. Like I am all in on that. That's my, where has that been for 34 years? I'm doing it. I'm committed to it. Like that's my new look on my face. It works for me. I like it. And then I also do a little bit of it on my nose. So it's true. Not like the tip of my nose, but like the bridge. Oh yeah. It's the bridge of my nose. And it just, again, it gives me that like, oh, were you just on vacation? Like, you know, when you come back to school from winter break and like some kids clearly went to like Florida or somewhere in the sun and they had that like sun-kissed face, that's the vibes we're getting with this makeup trend. And then the second makeup trend I'm committing to for the rest of the year is smudgy eyes. Like, and that goes really well with not washing your makeup off because you wake up you're halfway there some people say the best eye makeup is the day after eye makeup I don't know if that's true I think a fresh face is is also pretty great but I want to look like I've like I've had a day already by the time you see me I want to look like I have already worked a full day I went to a nightclub I got bottle service. I don't even know what that means. I just know it's expensive. I, um, you know, I had a drink. I smoked something. And then you're seeing me after that. That's the look my eye makeup has to have. It has to look like I just had a really long day. And now I'm finally getting to whatever it is that we're up to. Sounds like it's probably naughty. But honestly, it's probably not. We're actually going to a coffee shop at 11 p.m. And we're having a meeting about something creative in this fantasy. That's Those are our plans because those are kind of my dream plan. A late night coffee shop is the dream. In fact, a lot of I'm noticing this new tr- this new trend I'm seeing out there coffee shops that are also wine bars at night. I'm seeing this a lot, like, you know, not necessarily in LA, but like in other cities. And that was never a thing when I was younger. And I feel like that was kind of what I was always looking for in terms of nightlife, because I was never going to go to a bar. I was never going to go to a nightclub, but like a late night cafe come on. In fact, there was a late night cafe. There was two. There was one in Evanston. That one was called Caffeine. And I would go there in high school sometimes. And then I think it was in Insomnia Cafe in Los Angeles on Beverly. I'm not sure, but I would go there at night because, you know, I was doing stand-up comedy and open mics. And so, 
a lot of the times, like, there'd be nights where I'd have an open mic or a show or something that didn't start till, like, 1 a.m., and I would, like, need something to do, and so I would regularly go to this coffee shop, and I would kind of get to know people there, and I, I didn't even, you guys, I didn't even drink coffee until maybe six years ago. I don't know. I'm very new to coffee, but uh, I would just go get like a decaf mint tea and a scone, and I would just sit there on my laptop, and I'd probably realistically achieve absolutely nothing because I was truly the person just there for like the social aspect and nobody really talked. So I was there for no reason. I was there for a scone. We all know it. Okay. And I think I want to hit one more topic before we say farewell. Actually, before that, I have a couple announcements. Okay. One, the first announcement is Sleepover by Esther is back. I took the summer off. I wanted to kind of go away from it, get re-excited about it. Because you guys, if you don't know, I started my own clothing line during the COVID-19 pandemic. Some would say it's just because everyone in COVID was tie-dyeing. I got on board. I became addicted because I'm not normal. And when I do something and I like it, I have to do it over and over again. The most, the most, the most. Uh... I think that was partially what made me start my own clothing line. And then I think it was also always in me. It just needed to kind of be awakened and tie-dye awakened it. Um, but this first drop back from our long break is actually not tie-dye. It's a black, all black, um, I call it the dance class set. And... I actually had released this, I think, last year in a, in like a bright green color, and a lot of people loved it. And so I wanted to bring it back, but in all black. And I posted it on my Instagram today, but basically, depending on when you're listening to this, um, it's releasing on Wednesday, September 21st. And it's like a stretch terry fabric. Honestly, I don't even know how to explain it because I love it so much and I've been living in it for the last like month. But check out sleepoverbyester.com if you're interested just to see what we're up to. But there's a lot more coming down the line. I'm really excited. It's been a really fun, creative outlet for me. So that's the first announcement. And then the next one is, I think it's just actually that I'm going to be on tour more. I had a great time in Austin. Austin was sort of an important test for me. I was like, okay, I took the summer off. Do I still like this? Am I still good at this? Is this still something that I enjoy and that is fulfilling? And thank freaking the Lord, the answer was a big, big yes. I felt so energized from performing. It was so... It was just fun to connect with people and, you know, after my sets, I do a Q&A with, with everyone and that's always the most fun because people have really different, really personal, really weird questions that they ask and it can lead to crazy places. So 
that was really fun this weekend. And Carlos came with me and he was great on stage during the Q&A. It was just, it was a really fun time. And so because of that, I'm going to continue to travel for stand-up. Now, I'm going to pull up my website right now, estheronice.com, which I made as a joke. And then someone was like, that's what you say about someone if they do meth. And I'm like, what the fuck? Whose mind goes there? I liked Esther on Ice because it sounds like Disney on Ice. And Disney on Ice, like, travels to your town. And so it just seemed like, oh, it's Esther on Ice. I I thought it was funny, so I made that my website. EstherOnIce.com That has a list of everywhere I'm going. And I'm definitely coming to San Francisco, Seattle, and Portland. I currently have Phoenix scheduled. There's a chance I'm going to have to reschedule that one. I'll let you know as soon as possible. And to all of the people asking about DC, I had to cancel DC because I got COVID in April and it was horrible. And then they rescheduled the show for a time where I was never sure that that was going to work out. And then it didn't. And I'm so sorry that that got rescheduled twice. That sucks. I hate that, especially because DC is actually one of my number one favorite places to go for comedy because it's just the shows always sell really well. The crowds are so energized and I love that city walking around there. They have all kind of, the, you know, my main things that I like, a sweet green. Uh, I think they have a lock Lum. But DC has not yet been rescheduled because I was waiting to make sure I can do it when I do it. So I just wanted to say, though, I am so sorry to everyone in DC because once I'm there, it's going to be amazing, but I don't know yet. I'm going to talk to my, I'm going to talk to my agent about it this week, actually, and be like, hey, let's get this figured out. But anyway, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, those shows, I'm playing bigger venues. They're going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, that's all going to be December 1st, 3rd, and 4th. Tickets at estheronice.com. Get them. I expect them to sell out. Thank you so much for supporting me. And also, honestly, it's going to be a really fun night together. The shows are only getting better and more fun. So, And then, oh, wait, last cute little announcement. So September 20th, there's a new show on Hulu called Reboot, starring Rachel Bloom, Paul Reiser, some other really hilarious people. But I was so lucky enough to get to be in an episode of this show. So I got to give it a shout out. Check it out on Hulu. We love our Hulu family. Um, Yeah. And shout out to Paste. Is it? No. Yeah, Paste Magazine, I think, that gave the show a really nice review and they gave me a shout out. So thank you to them. They're officially my favorite magazine. Okay. Now, I want to hit one more subject before we go. And it's going to be, let's see. I wrote down in my notes, the older I get, the more I'm actually appalled by how I live my life in my 20s. We kind of covered that, but we could go way deeper. We could go way deeper into that. Let me know if you're interested in discussing that. Um, God, I'm some of these things I have here, I'm like not ready to share. <sighs> 
so I guess you have to come back next week, but I'll, okay. I do, I have noticed, and I'm curious if other people struggle with this. I struggle with social balance. What do I mean by that? I feel like I have two positions. I have two switches in my social um, light switch. There's two switches, okay? One is all on and the other is all off. And so I feel like if I'm, I'm literally either on stage doing an hour of stand-up or um, also in that category would be like doing an hour of a solo podcast where it's just me talking. So I have that switch. And then the other switch is when I'm in social situations, I literally completely shut off and like I'm so quiet. I'm the most quiet and I'm just listening to everyone else. And sometimes I wonder like, do my friends think I'm crazy or weird because I'll be hanging out with them and like 30 minutes will go by and I'm like, I haven't said anything. Like, I'm happy. I like this. But are they weirded out? Are they like afterwards like, is Esther okay? But I just love being quiet in a room with other people. I, and so for me, I'm like, where is the damn balance? When am I going to appropriately figure out how to just be normal and I know that I have been normal and I know that I'm capable but I do think my comfort zones are all on or all off and it's like that middle lane of just like equal communication that is hard for me because I think I'd rather either be the entertainment or be entertained weird thing to say weird take But I just wanted to share it on the off chance that anyone relates to it because one thing I've learned about sharing that other than that it's caring is the weirder I think it is, the deeper that I had to dig down to be willing to share it, the more it's confirmed that others will agree and relate. Like, I swear to you, it's that surface shit that nobody cares but when you when I say something and I'm like oh this is cringe it's so much more likely that people will understand it so expect more way more way worse cringier overshares to come anyways you guys I'm sorry again episode was a little wonky um I'm not in my right I have I need to shut up with the excuses. It's like, just fucking, it is what it is. You guys, this has been another great hour together. I really appreciate you listening and continuing to make this show a part of your routine, your life. I hope you made overnight oats last week. I made them tonight with my mom. Excited to eat them tomorrow. Honestly, just put me to sleep and don't wake me up till it's time for my overnight oats. You guys, thank you so much for listening. And to everyone who came out in Austin, that was so much fun. I'm sorry I did not get to meet everybody after, but um, it was a busy weekend. I love doing stand-up. I love this podcast. I love you guys. I would be nothing without you. I'll see you guys next week.